Welcome to the Share What You Learned podcast. I'm Amy Patricic, a learning enthusiast and the host of the show. The Share What You Learned podcast is designed for learning professionals to share something they're learning in the field. Today, I'm talking to Sarah Nell Reynolds about creating a training team. Hi, Sarah Nell. Would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to my listeners? Tell them a little bit about who you are, what you're all about, what you bring to learning and development space. Sure. Hi. I've been formerly a math teacher, so I studied math and taught high school math and then got recruited to work in an organization in their tech department and started developing technology training for them. And the cool thing about that job is that they for my master's degree in instructional design and adult learning theory, which is pretty cool. So my background is formally in technology, creating technology training programs, everything from you know, creating the handouts to delivering to assessing as well. And uh, currently I'm at Sound Transit and I'm in their operations department, helping them build an actual training department. Sound Transit, some of you know, if you don't, it's one of the fastest growing public transportation organizations in the country. We're building, 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 but once you build, everything needs to be operational. So there has not been a formal operations training department until last year. So I'm excited to be there and excited to be here. So you are hitting us off with the topic we're going to talk about today, which is creating a training team, as Sarah Nell has said, and she's had the opportunity to do that most recently at Sound Transit. But what I love, because I know you outside of this current recording, is that this is not your first go at this. You've done this a couple times, and so you have some expertise you're bringing to the table in terms of what's maybe best practices, what's standard, all of those kind of things that you get to bring to the table in our conversation today. Yeah, I've worked in a few industries. One is the insurance industry. One is education with adults and healthcare. So this is my first foray into public transit with this job. Well, let's go ahead and kick things off, Sarah Nell. So as someone who has started training programs for multiple organizations or companies, I'd love to know what trends you've identified for companies who are in that position. What do they commonly need? What's usually missing? How do you identify key champions? That kind of stuff. For the last 20 years, I've been working in the nonprofit world, in education, in healthcare, and most recently in public transit. And there's three general areas that companies have asked me to focus on. One is to help their employees perform at the top of their abilities. The next is to help them change with the industry. And then the last one is just retaining good people. So preparing their employees to you know, be the best they can be and perform at the top of their skill set is everything from new employee training to intermediate training to job shadowing to just really focusing on the learner and their outcomes. The second bucket, which is that industry you know, changing with the industry. One example is I was hired by a clinic and a healthcare clinic, and they just needed basic training for their people. Then all of a sudden, they realized they were using paper records for years and years and years, and they needed to change to an electronic medical record system. So I helped them bridge that gap from those paper records to electronic medical records. And most of us think that's a piece of cake. It really wasn't, as you can imagine, for a variety of reasons, not only change management, but what do you do with tens of thousands of pieces of paper? (laughs) 
And then the last bucket is retaining good people. The job market ebbs and flows, right? We, we need people, we don't need people. We need people, we don't need people. But, but regardless, how do we retain good people? How do we help them grow? And that those are the three things. Again, pre helping prepare people to be the best they can be at their job, be ready for change, and then retaining good people. Seems simple. But for each of those three buckets, you could work years and years and years on some of those programs in terms of L&D and getting people to where they need to be. Um, in terms of missing, again, I've been working in nonprofits, so a lot of it is resources. For a while, I was the only L&D professional, I should say, when I was working in healthcare. And as you can imagine, you know, creating a new employee orientation, which is the initial ask, is very different than building a program going to electronic medical records from paper. So in those cases, I did have to make a case, and I will talk a little bit more about it, but we had to make sure we were fully resourced. And oftentimes, especially in a nonprofit world, you never get enough resources, probably a for-profit too. And the key champions, it's, oh, I always feel that I, I am a marketer. I need to prove our mettle and how, how great we are. And part of that is aligning with key champions, just getting the word out and what we do and how we do it. And those are some of the things that I find we're missing and also how we identify those key champions. So a lot of it is... Um, I would say political, but at the same time, it's really just building your team, building your cohort, building your fan base. And um, the way I do identify that are people who have leverage in the organization. It doesn't necessarily mean positional power. It could be anyone with general um, influence to the organization. What I hear you saying is there's a lot of needs that come to the table where a company organization finally gets to the point where they're like, we need help. We got to build up this org within the company and really support our employees, our workforce, the work we're doing in the world. But also like I was thinking as you were sharing some of those, some of the why behind kind of why companies will decide to make this switch to build a training team. It's like you come in and there's a lot of tasks laid out before you. And then short on resources. So really important to be kind of strategic and thoughtful about how you're moving forward to really build and hopefully scale a team going forward. Yeah. So what have you found? You've, we've talked a little bit about key champions, but I'm curious what you've found most crucial in gaining internal buy-in as your team is forming. You referenced some things, but I'm kind of curious or thinking about possibly maybe it's documentation or process workflows, maybe even like a one pager to kind of explain the work that you all are doing. Have you found any of that to be helpful? And if so, are there any that are specific that you might call out? I'm going to talk about my current position because it's a new department. So the need was already there before I started, right? So they invested in hiring me and helping them work and get this started, I should say. So already the buy-in was there to a degree. But then you have to prove yourself, right? Then you have to you know, make sure one year, three or five years from now, which is how I like to think, are we still going to be here? What is it going to look like? So the first thing I did is I worked with my boss at the time and we created a three-year business plan. 
And in that plan, it describes everything from our mission and vision, which we created, to what the strategies are within our company that we align with. And then within that plan also talks about the work we will actually do. And so we created what I call a three-phase plan that goes over three years. It's one thing for a company to say, here's the money, go ahead and build it. It's another thing to say, here, build it and prove to be that you'll you're worth it. Again, we started with that business plan. And what we did do is we shopped it around. We presented it to a variety of managers in the group, got their feedback. We changed as as necessary. And that was not only to make sure we're on target and aligning with what these folks need, but also to get that buy-in and engagement from them as well. So when you talk about the one pager, we definitely do. We actually have a one pager of our team and what we do, the mission and the vision and hyperlinks to some of the things we've created. And it's, I just think it's important to have your elevator speech ready. I think what's interesting about what you're saying is when you're coming to the table, there's possibly all of these project requests that you're now tasked with orienting and solving and navigating all of that. But what you're talking about is when you're building a training team, can't just be this order taker mentality. You really have to build out that strategy piece. And I love that you said, you know, step one was kind of building that three-year business plan on this are the goals we have for each of these years and the places we plan to go and the strategy on how we're going to do that and really defining the mission and vision as well. And then I love, I had in my head like this idea, almost like a roadshow or like a commercial, like your one pager kind of has that vibe about it. So as you're going to these different meetings, you can say, these are the things we said we do and we're doing them. And here's a visual representation of that. And that, I mean, that sounds exciting to just get to be a champion of the work that you all do. And one thing you said made me think about that. When I started, my boss gave me an Excel file of, I can't remember how many, I'm going to say 40 different requests. Like everyone wanted an e-learning. What we did do, we borrowed. So there is an L&D department in our HR group. We borrowed their learning intake form and altered it. And we actually created point values for a variety of questions that we asked. For example, does it affect a thousand people, you know, 500, you know, we have these ranges. And if it affects 25 people versus 2,500, you're going to get a higher score for the 2,500. Does it align with any strategies? Is it compliance related? Is it safety related? So all those variety of questions get a point value. And that way then those 40 people who had those requests, let's say, we reported back to them, circle back, asked them some of the questions, had them fill out the forms. And as a result, we've narrowed down that list. That's another thing that we, after we created that strategic plan, we then said, okay, we've got it. We got to figure out what we want to do for the organization specifically. What's our next project? What's our first project? And how do we objectively measure what should go next? I love your point system process or whatever you would call that, but that's a genius way of stepping into a situation and aligning projects to the mission, vision, strategy of this team that you're building out and really setting the tone of like, what what are the priorities of the team? What's important to the team and not just doing that order taker mentality. The beautiful thing about those requests that everyone wanted e-learning of those that did translate into actual requests, 
we have created instructor-led training, handouts, videos, e-learnings, you know, a variety of different things. So you're, you've built this team, you've built the business plan, built out the strategy. I think maybe you've kind of dabbled in this a little bit, but I'm curious, how do you measure the impact of the work that your team has been doing? Because I'm guessing that as a new team, you know, kind of along the ideas of that one pager, like the company's leadership wants to both know and understand your impact and the value that you're bringing to the overall company. So how do you think about that and or approach that? Again, a lot of my previous jobs were just, you know, set up a training department and then I assessed at Kirkpatrick levels one and two, which was kind of the smile survey and tests that people took. For this specific organization, because we're new, we created an assessment strategy. We have a document and it measures the impact of the work we do at three different levels. The one level is the individual learning objects or the training, the things that we create. And for those who are in the industry uh, who may be familiar with that, we use what we call Kirkpatrick's four levels of assessment. So that's one thing, that's one bucket. The second bucket that we have assessment on or measurement for is the actual training projects. And then the third bucket that we are measuring is ourselves. You know, what is our training program? We are taxpayer funded. So how do I answer to our taxpayers and say what we're doing is actually important? And for that one, it's we provide an every six month report out on the work we're doing. So we just started this calendar year. So again, we have that assessment strategy that measures impact in three areas, the individual learning objects, actual projects we work on, you know, our customers. And then the last one is assessing ourselves. So I'm hearing you say it's it's very comprehensive and covers a multitude of facets. And I love that you're bringing in the particularities of your industry as well, and that you are taxpayer funded and that need to be able to, because when we've talked offline, you've also talked about how, you know, some of the things um, that your team has worked on has been available to the public online as well. And so being able to show the impact that you're having to the taxpayers that are potentially viewing some of the resources and things you're building directly is really important. So I love that call out. Yeah. Some of the training we create is outward facing, not necessarily for the public, um, but for example, Sound Transit works with hundreds of contractors and vendors. And so We've created a training, for example, how to um, deal with capital spares. Like you, you, you build and you have all these spare parts. What do you do with them? So there's a whole process that we created. So they don't log into our system. We make it available to them. And anybody is welcome to see the work that we've created. The last question I have for you, Sarah Nels, about the role of leaders within the company when forming a training team. I'm curious, how do you support their needs and how do they support your needs? Because I'm sure it's both ways there. And so kind of curious about that relationship. When I first started here, I did meet and greets with about 50 people. And the reason, again, was to get to know them, what their needs are, what the organization is like, and to share what we're trying to build. So that's the first thing is collaborating and building bridges. And our department operations is the fastest growing group in all of Sound Transit. And so again, not only did I do meet and greets, but then I met with some of the leaders and presented our plan, solicited feedback, made changes as need be. And again, 
that was vital to share what we're doing and also engage those folks. And then we meet you know, regularly with certain departments or we will present at certain departments about the work we're doing. Again, I feel like the first year to two years is really marketing what we do, sharing what we do. And the great news is we're getting a lot of requests and I love that. The other thing too is I am looking to create an operations training council. Just think about that quarter one of next year, once we've been working a full year. And that is, again, to make sure we're not working in a bubble, to engage people, to see if we need to change directions. My manager and I do go back into that plan and reassess at the end of every phase. Okay, what do we do well? What didn't we? And sometimes we have to take items we didn't get done fully, put them in the next phase. And we're actually meeting right now to say, all right, are we on track? Pun intended. <laughs> we're on track because now we've got the starter line. Do we need to readjust? I think what I hear you saying in all of that is communication, transparency, sticking to the plan or checking back in with the plan. Like all of those are really crucial in getting that support from leadership in that makes a lot of sense. I know when I've worked on teams and we've had really transparent work and really been diligent about checking back in with the targets our team has set or the goals we've set, updating all that kind of stuff, that that's when we've been most effective. And so I hear you saying, yep, pretty much the same over here when you're starting a team too. <laughs> well, let's transition over into the rapid round questions, Sarah Nell. These are the questions I get to ask all of my guests. We're going to start with a sentence that you get to finish. Learning is... Learning is fundamental. Also, learning is ingrained in human nature. I think people are born to learn. If you could pick one person to teach you a new skill, who would it be and why? Meryl Streep. Ooh, say more. First of all, she's amazing. She's somebody I look up to and love to watch her perform. And I've always been curious about acting. Obviously, I think I'm beyond the prime of being a superstar, but I just would love to meet her and would love to learn from her because she is one of the most talented actors I've ever, or I didn't meet her, seen. <laughs> just helpful. She's helpful. All right. If you could learn any new skill today, what would you want to learn? Okay, this is totally not realistic, but I will tell you, I would love to be able to fly like a bird. No joke. Now, in terms of reality, I think it'd be fun to be a whiz on roller skates. I can roller skate, but about, you know, very slow. I want to be a whiz. Zip zapping all over. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really fun. It's, it's kind of like flying. Yeah, on land. Sarah, now what's the best way for my listeners to be in contact with you after the show? People are welcome to reach out to me via LinkedIn. Thanks so much, Sarah Nell, for sharing all about creating a training team with us today. I also want to give a shout out to you, my listeners, for learning with us. Bye.